I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the start of a new year and we're marketers. So you know what that means. A predictions episode. Rich and I thought it would be cool to look forward to what is coming in 2021. Because if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that predicting the future is easy. I'm Joe Glover, founder of The Marketing Meetup, a global community that connects and educates over 20,000 marketers in the most lovely way possible. Everything we do, we do it to put the human beings we help first. I'm Richard Wood. I lead the marketing agency Six and Flow. I've worked in marketing for around 19 years now, and I'm a massive believer in that marketers should be trying to engage with people on a human level, not just treating them as leads and numbers in a spreadsheet. what was a pretty shit year there's an awful lot of marketers putting out 2020 roundup posts but thankfully we're yet to see any proclaiming this is the year of mobile and not being ones to want to focus on the past for our first episode back in the new year we're looking at our plans and predictions for 2021 kind of like a shit world cup octopus although i'm I'm pretty sure anybody outside of the uk is not going to understand that reference (laughs) i do like it though (laughs) So, Joe, how was the break? <laughs> Do you want the, the long answer or the real answer or the, the fake answer? The British well, answer? why don't you start with the long answer? And if it's too long and waffly, I'll just cut it out. <laughs> Sounds good. Honestly, like, um, I feel like right now I'm in a place where I'm building myself back up. Um, I would say I hit my trough of burnout and uh, anxiety towards the end of December. So from like the second half of December, I was just like, nah no no don't want to speak to anyone don't don't want to do anything etc etc and like let the news get on top of me as well i'd say uh probably with the turning of the new year I, i've turned the corner to a certain extent and i'm starting to be on the up and up try and be a bit more positive try and work through things and and actually genuinely we're recording this on the monday um the first monday back at work and i was absolutely buzzing to be back and, and really excited about it as well actually so so yeah i think uh coming from a place of of bad but getting good which is really nice how about you a very very similar i think for the first time ever like as we so i broke up officially on like the 18th or 19th whatever it was of december um and for the first time ever in my career i was entirely empty like i had nothing left i was like normally i I get tired and like i can just kind of push through it but like this is the first year ever i was like i i generally just don't give a fuck i like i'm 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 done like i am absolutely checked out for the year um and i was like exhausted not obviously not physically because i'm trapped in a house but like i'm like mentally exhausted um to to the point where like i was i was getting ratty um like with family Mm. and like colleagues and shit like that and that's not normally me um Mm. and i was like i i actually started to my wife shared a, a post on her um social um 
at like some of the 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 key stages of burnout and what and i was like yeah tick tick (laughs) tick and i was like fuck i really need to take a like a step back and just kind of chill out for a bit so both me and my wife took two weeks out um we just just didn't do anything um i had like one hour in that time that i had to like check in for like a team meeting but other than that i was i was kind of fully checked out because i normally as we've grown the business normally i would have been like i need i need to be there i need to make sure that i'm helping do this and now like i I think i've finally come to the realization where actually my the greatest input i can give is when i'm on fire and like Mm -hmm. i am actually doing the stuff I'm good at in a way that I am excelling in. And if I'm like burnt out and exhausted, then everybody around me and the business is going to suffer. So like I actually, it's the first year ever I've been like, no, I'm not doing anything. Just like it can wait. Everything else can wait. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also a testament to like the team that we've got around us now. So I was only for like working time. So when the office was still open, I was only out for a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but I've got like a team who like I wholeheartedly trust to deliver what needs to be delivered while i'm not there and like so i could actually go yeah okay it's it's yours just somebody else deal with it for a bit um (laughs) but yeah i'm i was i was excited to get back today like and i've I've gone through my my emails and all that kind of stuff and it it doesn't feel like a chore although you and i like before we started recording we were (laughs) briefly saying that like i I do feel like there's there's like this overarching thing in the background Mm -hmm. that is going to slowly chip away um so like i'm trying to preempt that and Mm -hmm. kind of make sure that when it's not just that constant kicking for the next few weeks yeah i think it you know it can be and it probably will be to a certain extent one of the few of the things that we've been doing is um there's a news ban in the house, you know, so like if the news comes on in the evening, they were like, quick, quick, change the channel, you know, it's almost become, you know, a bit of a jerk in the house. Um, and also muting a ton of words on Twitter has been really, really useful for me. So like, I don't What's know, on the mute list? Uh, all sorts. Like, honestly, everything from politicians to, uh, I don't know, any form of, you know, sort of like, any controversy of any description, anything where anyone gets aggy is like gone. I basically have no Twitter feed left except from people being nice to each other. But honestly, I think there's there's just something to be said about uh, making a choice of, on consumption sometimes. And like, I lost that capacity for choice on consumption. Um, and even a news source, which I feel to be relatively reliable in the BBC, was just constant doom and gloom. So I've even blocked that off my off my. Do you, know, do you know what I've started uh, focusing on at the moment? Like my main um, like uh, in, input of like news and kind of outside world, mm. I've just in, entirely gone back into sport. Like I've just following nice. more and more. Um, so like I'm a West Ham fan. Like I've been watching more rugby. I've been like focusing on that because it's mm. got, it's like it's its own little like drama scope that is relatively yeah. <laughs> unaffected by the outside world. And it's yeah. not typically life and death. And yeah. it's just, I mean, there's rivalry, but that's about it. So I've, I've been focusing on that. Like my, my Instagram uh, feed is full of like golf swings. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is hilarious that you're into golf. I, I, I love it. But like you are becoming the most middle-class person I know, but you are right. It's, uh, it, I, I love that actually. I, I think I do the same probably unconsciously, um, you know, so I really, really look forward to when United play. And um, my dad always used to be the same, actually, that 
if United played and won at the weekend, then the rest of his week would always have like that little bit of a an extra shine or whatever. Wow, 2020 was tough for you guys. <laughs> so, well, I mean, like the first half was, but like the second half is, is doing all right. So like that's that's genuinely when United have been winning, I, I fully agree that there's something quite amazing in sport that's that escapism. Um, and I think even if we can't play it, then at least watching it is something. That's really cool. And we were talking before as well, like one of the things that I'm trying to focus on is like the things in, in the business and in life that like excite me um, yeah. and like that kind of really drive me. And that's what like I am trying to focus on more this year as well. So that's like one of my not not New Year's resolutions because I don't believe in them. But like it's one of the things I'm trying to focus on this year is just focus on the bits that excite and drive me. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you've got some exciting shit happening over the next few weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it is really, really funny, actually, because I would say uh, this doesn't need to come across the wrong way because, like, I I feel very, very fortunate to live the life that I do. But with the baby on the horizon, everything else has kind of been put into a, less, into a perspective that is, is slightly less exciting. If I'm really honest, the baby is the really, really exciting thing that's going on right now. And the marketing media... And any sort of business stuff is sort of paling in comparison. Um, that being said, you know, I mean, I think I'm ramping up to getting excited about the marketing meetup again to a certain extent. And I think that's probably part of the building up process that we've already spoken about. Um, but yeah, no, there's some big, big changes. And, and within the marketing meetup world, then like in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be launching our membership, which is like an absolutely bonkers step uh for the business um it, i know it's something that a lot of people are doing at the moment with patreon pages and stuff like that but i feel like the thing that we're building right now is 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 really quite special and has its place in the market as well so so yeah that's that's big moves well i feel like that segues beautifully into the the what we're talking about today so yeah. should we go through some of our plans for 2021 yeah, for sure. So the way that we thought we'd break it down is that we'd do uh, a number of plans and a number of predictions for, for the year. So the plans are a little bit more uh, personal and the predictions are a bit more uh, industry focused. So um, do you want to go first with your, your first plan for the year? Sure, I could go first. Um, so like the, the first one that we've got lined up for this year is, and it, it's kind of a big one because agencies typically focus on themselves last in terms of their own marketing and the, the way that we go to market. Um, and we've had the same website design for a couple of years now. And we've had different bits of tech and like various different SaaS products that have been stitched in and processes and strategies all kind of bolted together. So we end up with this like Frankenstein's monster of marketing, which given given what we sell and how we sell it, we need this to be a showcase to show people what is possible. And I think it there's elements that we do very well with that on our website. And there's elements that really just don't kind of show us in the best light. So mm. what what we're doing this year is we are focusing Q1. We've got the entire dev team focused on building this new site that is going to do everything we need. We've just we've just reworked our marketing strategy. That's coming into play already. And then the new site will go live from March. So that's yeah. that's one of the exciting things. Every time we do a website project, it's exciting for me because I get to play the like the client and actually go through the process. And I'm like a kid <laughs> in a, a candy store who who gets to um like pick all these different texts and pieces that stitch together and then typically the team will be like okay now let's dial it back a little bit to reality and, and so but it's a fun process to go through so i'm looking forward to doing that this year 
That's really cool. And so what are the, uh, we'll have to stay relatively brief on each of our points, but what are going to be the main sort of tech tenants of the new site, if you can say? So it's all going to be built on HubSpot. So the HubSpot CMS, um, which I won't even go into the details of that, which HubSpot is core to our business, but using that enables us to link it into the data that's within the the CRM so we can make it more adaptive and personalized for the people uh, viewing it. Um, And we'll be using a lot of Drift email. Uh, So the Drift email bot, when you, depending on like the scoring process that you've come through on the site, we'll be using it to either trigger you directly through to like a a salesperson or the kind of person who's wanting to come back, or we'll be linking it back through to Drift email, which will then nurture you um, and kind of hand you off to a salesperson dependent. Um, We'll also be using tech like Ocean.io and Vidyard throughout the process as well, and just making sure it's more intertwined from from website visit right through to sales process. Nice, I don't think I've heard of Ocean before, so maybe that's uh, something for another day, or or what, what is it briefly? Data intelligence. So okay. it enables us to look at the clients that we've got and mm-hmm. then find other clients similar to those. Interesting. Cool. All right. Nice one. Well, something to look up afterwards. What about you? Plan number one. Plan number one. Uh, so I've alluded to it already, but uh, the, the membership is going to be going live um, for the marketing meetup. So we're still going to retain uh, a lot of the free stuff that we've we've always done. So the events, the webinars, they'll always be free to attend or uh, have a charitable donation Um on, on, on the door type of thing um, but the marketing membership sort of fills a gap which I increasingly see I maybe you know five or six times a week that much I'll get people come up to me and say I'm looking for a marketing qualification or you know I'm looking for a place to learn about marketing and you know I mean we obviously teach people how to do marketing and stuff like that but the membership is going to fill a space which is more like how to based so like short videos with experts in their areas each speaking about like how to do a specific part so like whether it's event management ppc seo or whatever there's some you know whatever it is you'll be able to find a video there and sort of be able to action it right there and then do you know what i literally had a somebody i went to um university with played uh, rugby with him at uni and he reached out to me the other day and he was like i've for the first time in his career he's got access to a marketing team and Mm -hmm. he wanted to uh, understand the marketing process so he knew how better how to utilize them and he came to me and was like how where should i go to learn marketing i was like fuck I don't know. Like, yeah. it's a big question. Like, what part of marketing? And he's like, what well, kind of just a, a rough overview of all of it? And it's like, I don't know. So you go, I found somebody who I will immediately recommend <laughs> onto, Josh. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's really exciting. It is the type of thing that um, I think fills a gap in the in the industry. I think it's something that for the community, the business is going to be hopefully the lifeblood of how we grow this thing as well. And and through growing, do good. Um, but the default answer for me up to this date has been like the CIM and stuff like that. And I think the CIM are fine. You know, I, I think they do the job that they have to do. But we want to do something that's a little bit more in the moment, a little bit more responsive, a little more quick and easy, accessible. It's not a £600 course. It's a £10 a month membership, which uh, I think, yeah, it's really, really cool. Nice. Yeah. So how about number two for you? So one of the things I'm focusing on, particularly this quarter is, and like we talked about previously, I don't really think that far ahead of a quarter, but the, so this quarter we're focusing on how we can engage with our our clients, like past and present, how we can engage with clients better and ideally turn them into almost like a, 
uh, a community in their own right. So like making connections between the two of them, because I think if we can connect clients together and foster and nurture that, it's only ever going to add more value to the relationship that they have with us. So we're going to look at some, some digital events that we can start to do with clients, how we can create kind of micro networking groups, like that kind of stuff. Base, base it around challenges we'll curate rather than create any content around it and then actually just kind of foster those relationships. So that's one of the things that I'm focusing on this year. Nice. So will you have like, uh, so I use my previous agency experience as an example here. One of the things that we were always keen to do is get the heads of e-commerce together and just sit around the table and have a chat. So this is going to be a, a digital version of that. I mean, I guess one interesting thing there is, do you think they will share like, you know, cause you all being your clients, they're all going to sit within a certain kind of space. Uh, do you think that they're going to be willing to share their lessons and stuff like that? Or is that going to be a challenge? We don't actually have any like competitive clients. So we don't have any compliance that uh, clients that will like piss on somebody else's chips basically. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also part of that curation process. You've got to bring mm -hmm. together people who are going to show value. And if they are in a competitive space or they, they might not have to be direct competitors, but they might be competing for the same pounds. Mm -hmm. But as long as they, uh, as long as certain groups are curated so that it could be a share all and other groups are curated so that it could be a like a industry industry trends rather than like the nitty gritty of their businesses, yeah. then I don't think it's a problem. Like I'm, I'm involved in a lot of like agency groups. I'm well involved with a lot of HubSpot partner agency groups. So my niche, we're competing for the same pounds and we deliver the same services mm -hmm. and I will share, I'm, I'm pretty like open with what I share anyway, but I will share a, a certain level of information and not other stuff. But yeah. so I think as long as, as long as we're careful with how and what we curate, then I don't think it's a problem. No, I love it. No, I, you know, I mean, the very nature of us doing this podcast is about sharing knowledge, isn't it? So, um, it's well, trying to <laughs> mainly hurling abuse at each other and sometimes sharing, <laughs> sharing knowledge. <laughs> What's your second? Uh, so my second one is about referrals. Um, yep. so again, in, in the spirit of, you know, humans sharing human stuff and stuff that they enjoy, one of the biggest channels of marketing that we've ever had for the marketing meetup has always been word of mouth. Um, and one of the big lessons that I learned in 2020 was unless you ask, you never get, but I do also think that there's more you can do to increase referrals as well. So one example is that this weekend um, there was a, the lovely Chris from Vibrant Color dropped around some merch for the marketing meetup. And like it was one off pieces and stuff like that. It was just stuff that he'd done for my Christmas present, which was so, so lovely of him. Um, but I posted it on Instagram and like immediately it got like 70 likes. And then on Twitter, um, on Twitter, it got another 30, 40 and LinkedIn. It was like another 70, 80 or whatever it was. Big time influencers stats there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, people like that sort of stuff. So I'm going to try and there's a couple of platforms that we're looking at at the moment, one being viral loops, um, which sort of mechanizes uh, referral programs and, you know, offers rewards for merchandise. So uh, for a certain action, sorry. So for example, for us, I think we're going to be building in a referral program for our newsletter, uh, which rewards folks for referring folks to the newsletter. That, that was a terrible way of putting it, but if we get there in the end. You speak um, good England, Joe. <laughs> so, uh, 
So we're looking to build out the newsletter through a referral program, but I think it's something that could be really exciting. And as we've discussed in the past, I think the email newsletter really is the lifeblood or at least a big part of our business. So it's going to be important to grow it that way. That that principle of like, don't ask, don't care, I think is a great marketing and sales principle because it's one of the things like, as, as Brits, I think we're kind of brought up to not necessarily ask for that stuff. But when you start, in a nice way, obviously, when you start asking for things and it's within context of what you're asking, you will see a huge impact. So like my email newsletter, I will say like, please like refer this on or like if you know some a colleague that might find this interesting flick it over to them likewise with the end of this podcast we say like if you if you don't mind then can you uh, leave us a five-star review and i think it's just those mechanisms of it's not necessarily asking as much as it's reminding that somebody's yeah. getting something and it would be great for them to uh, give something back in return for sure my favorite place in email marketing at least is to put it in the ps is always you know yeah. just like a, a ps you know if, if you enjoyed this please please uh ps don't it. be stingy share the love <laughs> well you can use your language and i'll use mine you know? <laughs> <laughs> so how about uh number prediction number three here i think for you so we are starting off the year with a new webinar series so what what we've tried to do and this is going to sound a bit uh counterproductive given we did the hcf summit and you also run a business heavily revolving around webinars (laughs) and (laughs) yeah yeah fuck you joe um but and and most of our marketing in throughout the pandemic has been webinar based and we're not moving away from webinars necessarily but we're changing the way that we we uh kind of deliver and format them so we're going to be bringing them in to more of a panel style and this will come into one of my predictions later, but we're moving away from presentations and focusing more on panels and discussions. Because I think people get, I, I mean, I am, and I'm, that's what I'm basing this assumption on, is that like people get blind to a lot of like these these panel interviews. And one of the things you said to me um, towards the back in the last year, because I do ca- occasionally listen to you, Joe, <laughs> is that... Um, the reason you feel like there's such a big uptake with the marketing meetup is there's no sales pitch at the back end of it. Like there's no sign up. I'm going to hit you up with a sales message. Mm-hmm. And I think that like when you are delivered a a deck that is kind of like, here's all the shit and you can get great content out of it and you can learn a lot from it, but it's, it's run by an agency. There's an obvious trigger at the end of it. Be like now buy our shit. Yeah. And what I don't want to do is have that. I like, I'm a believer in content and I'm a believer in, in people, having an appetite for that content, but I think we need to change up the format of it. So we're launching a new series that we're calling How to Sell to Me and basically getting a bunch of CEOs and like business leaders to sit on a panel. I'm going to pepper them with a few questions around how they want to be sold to. So like what are some of their experiences from being sold to like good and bad and just them giving some tidbits. All of these people signing up to us, I don't think realize that they will then get pitched to in that way, but you know, it's a service for everybody. So they'll get better pitches, but also people will learn how to pitch better. I love it. Well, you know, I mean, if they get better pitches, then that's a good thing, right? You know, it's the same argument you make with uh, targeted advertising. Like, yeah, but you're going to get better ads. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Spot on. Personalization, 2021. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not a thing. What's your What's your final plan, Joe? Uh, so my final one, uh, potentially a bit optimistic, but um, as you alluded to at the beginning, I think we're going to spend the first three four five months of this year getting the crap kicked out of us from every direction but hopefully 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 q4 
we'll be able to bring back some form of of in-person event maybe even if it's small even if it's definitely not in the shape of 100 people in a room or whatever it is but there might be a possibility at some point that we could bring back uh face-to-face events so i i put to get my my list item here was events brackets hybrid question mark are you gonna have um, a, a like a no vaccine no attendee policy you know i don't know i mean it's really hard i mean that is a genuine point of discouragement for running any kind of live event right now or certainly not right now but like uh, at all is hang on fuck joe you've got twenty thousand members why didn't you offer to be part of the vaccination program <laughs> I'm just hoping my asthma gets me higher on the list. So, but you know, I I did the thing the other day and if, if uh, I don't, if I, if my asthma doesn't count, then I think I get my vaccine some, some, sometime between January and June, 2022. So uh, yeah. So that's why I'm so tentative about the events, but I don't know. I mean, truthfully, I don't know. We literally haven't made any plans to bring back live events yet because it's so far away. Um, But it's conceivable that you need, they were speaking about health passports and stuff like that, weren't they? In the news, so who knows? <laughs> All right, hit me up with your predictions. Number one, what are cool. you predicting for 2021? Because obviously the shit will stick. Yeah. So actually, I, I've only done two, and it looks like you've done about 400. So yeah, you, you told me to do two, and I was like, fuck Joe, I'll make my own rules. <laughs> it's such a renegade. <laughs> so actually, my, my first prediction is, for the most part, that it's going to be the same old, same old. So I've been in marketing now for eight years, so about 10 years less than you, um, but I am about 40 years younger than you. So, you know, then... Uh... <laughs> Didn't keep your hair for as long though, did you? <laughs> <laughs> but um, some things have stayed consistent throughout my career. And I hear it more and more, obviously, the more conversations I have. Stuff like the board won't listen to us uh, or the CFO doesn't believe in marketing. Um the, the rush to run towards tactics instead of having any form of strategy before that. And, and that's not just marketers. That's also, you know, people operating in marketing departments in part of a larger organization. And then, you know, there's always the complaints about being the coloring in department as well, the relegation to the coloring in department. So I would say my first prediction for 2021 is that these things are going to stay exactly the same. I think these cliches will be... Uh, you know, run throughout the course of the year. They'll run for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, I don't think they're going to change. I don't think the board is suddenly going to start believing in marketing, nor do I think that they're going to uh, stop thinking of us as the colouring department, if indeed that's true in those companies. You know, I think these are going to be regular complaints. So that's my first one. Well, that's fucking depressing. <laughs> well, it might be. You know, I, I, I think it's depressing, but I think it's also, there's a recognition that there's these challenges there and you can do something about it. Not every company thinks about marketing as the coloring in department. A lot of companies think of it as something far more valuable. What I'm saying is those those complaints will continue to exist, but it doesn't mean that you can't do anything about it. Um, and so we'll have enough content for the rest of our lives because we'll just keep speaking about that. <laughs> but, um, you know, then, then I think that will remain the same. How about you? Uh, what's your first prediction? First one is around paid for content. I think paid for content is gonna keep coming to the fore. We have more time. Weirdly, we have in weirdly and in theory, we have more time. So we're we're not commuting anymore. Um like and this is 
like school closures notwithstanding because obviously we're in the UK and like primaries and secondary schools are closing all over the place which will kill that extra time but at the moment I didn't commute in today you didn't commute in today I won't be commuting this afternoon there's like another like hour two hours on top of our days that we didn't have so we have more time for content and we have more appetite for content and you and I spoke earlier about like we are trying to block out certain content in our life. You're, as a family, avoiding news altogether. You're blocking out certain Twitter. I think there's going to be more of an appetite for premium content. And that means premium, you're going to be paying for it. And I think that's the kind of stuff that is going to uh, keep growing. Um, and I think that's that's important because it's going to move us away as as agencies, as brands, businesses, we're going to move away from that drivel bullshit content of just, okay, like here's the top 10 ways to market your business in 2021. Yeah. yeah okay. Everybody else has written that same fucking blog. Let's stop writing drivel content like that. Prediction and, episodes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, prediction <laughs> episodes, what, what kind of bellends would do that? But like, it's that, it's that kind of content that you avoid on the premium channels. But I do think this comes with a warning is that the more people that adopt these, you need to be careful that you're walking a fine line between delivering content and people paying for that content. And that's the service that they are paying for and effectively turning it into a paid for lead gen source. And I think, and it's fine, you can be doing both, but you need to be careful that you don't just end up creating a channel that people are paying for you to then sell to them because that will leave a shitty taste in people's mouth. For sure. And, and I, I think that's something that I've certainly struggled with a lot to a certain extent with, with the membership is drawing that line between what, what's free content and what's paid for content. Yep. Um, and I don't think there is a clear line. I think there is just a, a section which you, you sort of put off and, and sort of say, you know, okay, this is this is that and that's that. Uh, but I do fully agree. It, it can't be another sales channel because, I mean, frankly, that is the sales. You know, if people are in, they're in. You know, it's then a retention play. It's an advocacy play, you know. And, and yeah, sure, continue, like, innovating and offering new stuff that's going to benefit their life. But don't make it all about that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's yours? What's your first prediction? So... Uh, my second one second prediction in fact the first one touched me so deeply i forgot about it (laughs) (laughs) um so my second prediction um is that given the world that we're living in right now uh, i think i'm certainly having a lot more conversations with folks uh about sort of like what are the numbers you know what what are the numbers we need to prove that this thing works right from the off uh, it's all about the numbers. It didn't really matter what I think about it. It's what the numbers prove. Um, and again, this is an observation that has taken place over the course of my marketing career. You know, that the pendulum kind of swings in, in, in each direction. You know, there's the kind of intuition on one level and then there's the data driven on the other level. And I would say probably before the pandemic, it was sort of swinging a little bit towards like the the intuition level. And then as soon as people started having their budget cut or, you know, furloughs or redundancy came in, people were like, boom, straight into the numbers, you know, and, and I don't think it's a permanent shift, but I do think that people are going to be asked to justify more and more things based on the numbers then they will be able to sort of reserve so, things for the So stupid though. It is such a stupid way to be looking at oh, the moment. And like, I fully agree. I fully agree with you. And the reason I say that is because we've just gone through the best part of 12 months of fucking huge flux. Like mm-hmm. everything is a mess. It's all over the place. We've had several new normals and kind of all that kind of shit going on. 
and like marketing plans are being torn up over the all over the place mm-hmm. and there is an element of the data is always going to be skewed and out of place and making decisions around that data is not going to get you where you need to get to so i think there needs to be a healthy balance between data and intuition you yep. need good marketers to be able to go actually i'm i'm working on a hunch here but here's the reason i'm working on a hunch mm-hmm. and let's fucking try it yeah it's endless it is endlessly frustrating and i think one of the difficulties is that it's often tied into bureaucracy as well. So so often you'll, you'll end up speaking with the executive or the manager in, in a reasonably large company or even a medium-sized company. And despite them having being hired and being paid X grand a year to, to make decisions, they're not able to. You know, they have to go back down to those, those, those spreadsheets or whatever it may be. And it, it just that bureaucracy element where people aren't empowered to make decisions based on intuition and, and feeling and, and whatever, you know, it, it's a shame. Um, it's a shame that it happens that way. I understand why it does, but I just don't think it's the right thing to do. But it is a trend that I'm seeing more and I think will continue into 2021. By the way, I think the word you used there was balance. And like, I think balance is just the right way to live your life, like whether it's marketing or, or like life. So, uh, you know for what it's worth i think that's super deep joe yeah well no i think you know i agree i agree it's all right right. you don't have to defend your stance i agree with you (laughs) anyway what's your what's your first one yeah yeah uh so marketers should and hopefully will stop focusing on the channel and start focusing on the messaging so one of my biggest gripes and pet hates and i say this having done it and still continue to do it i think we have done it as marketers is there's a new channel and you get focused on this new channel like how can i use this new channel and i think we always need to take a step back and go all right what's the message i'm actually trying to get across here like rather than say here's a channel and i'm going to start blasting content out of it actually think about what that channel can be used for and how you are going to use that to promote the message that you're using and i think we often forget that as marketers so i think there is going to be because there are, are more people when it comes back into the other points that we've made about the, the appetite for content blah, blah 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 i think marketers are going to have to be more aware of that and not just cutting and pasting straight into a new channel yeah 100 percent. it would be an interesting experiment it's one that i've never done but if you were to ask 100 marketers what their top three messages that they put out to the market are and who they put it out to uh, how, how many of them will be able to sort of list that before they say you know i do facebook and twitter yep. um yeah spot on I, i've used up my predictions because we said we'd use two but you've got a lot more so so carry on rich okay well, thanks Joe. <laughs> thanks for asking so my next prediction, uh, pre- <laughs> prediction. premonition <laughs> prediction is that webinars are going to be less formal and I think they, they have to. And this comes back onto what we're talking about. And I'm making this prediction based on the fact that oh, that's what we're planning to do. So therefore, I'm speaking for the entirety of the marketing community. <laughs> so um, I think people are, are definitely bored of that presentation format. And I think we need to start focusing on like curating and creating discussions and having people share knowledge as a, as within a group rather than just somebody broadcasting into it. I think there needs to be a healthy mix of like, I'm not saying all of them have to go that way, but I think we will start to see an emergence of more discussion based content coming through. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. You know, so full disclosure, you know, in this conversation, the marketing of content on our webinars largely is presentation based. And as you say, it has its place, but it's the same logic that applies 
to any talk ever you know you don't say do a talk and people immediately launch a powerpoint and it's like no you know use it if it's the right tool to get across the message that you need to get across if you don't need to then fill your boots you know have a conversation or you know do a monologue or, or act it out do an interpretive dance whatever you need to do to get your message across so um i reckon that's probably a bit of an overhang from you know the talk the talks of 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 2019 you know do a it's the same it's the same people when they give a live presentation want to stand behind a lectern it's it's a yeah. safety thing so if yeah. you have a presentation and you have kind of your bullet points and your well and your talking notes all that kind of shit you know exactly where it's going to go and how it's going to end that, and that's why the best speakers that I've ever seen will have images. They Yes, they've rehearsed it, but they, they can adapt it to the crowd. And yeah. all of the webinars that we run, and it's always like this, is people cite how good the Q&A part was. Yeah. So if you've got a speaker that can foster that Q&A, that's the bit that sticks with people because they feel like they were part of it rather than just spoken at. And I think that's that's where content needs to move to. But it, I mean, it's going to be a healthy mix. You can't do that with all of them. But I think that's that's where we're focusing. That's where I think we'll start to see it focus. Absolutely. Spot on. Spot Next on. prediction. So social will start to be seen as more of a primary B2B channel again. So I think it, it, it kind of, it was. And I think it, like everybody was like, oh, we've got to get our brand on Twitter. We've got to kind of make sure we've got a Facebook page. And that kind of shit just died out. Like, I mean, we've got one and it's barely used. Like it's that kind of channel doesn't really work for us. LinkedIn, yes, obviously it's always been there, but it's been like for you and I in particular, it's been massive driver behind our business. Mm -hmm. But I do think with the extra time and people craving that outside contact with, with other humans, with like trying to, feel their time and wanting to know what's going on outside of the house, mm -hmm. people will start to focus more on those social channels again. We're seeing it, like people are using social more, like I am, you are, like everybody is, apart mm -hmm. from you've muted half the planet on, on your Twitter <laughs> feed, but other than that. Yeah. And I think that, so B2B will start to use that more and more effectively, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be the logos that are broadcasting out. It will be the people within the business. So I think yeah. 2020, we're going to see more of that. We're going to see more people engaging with their business persona on mm -hmm. social. That'd be really interesting. I think that's always been a challenge. Um, you know, and I wonder whether, you know, based on your prediction, whether the market has evolved to that point. I hope it has, but I remember the challenge of getting folks to tweet out or, or to post on LinkedIn, you know, from within the company before. And I wonder whether it's become more normalized now. So yeah. people will be willing to do it. I mean, is that, is that what you reckon has happened or more, more normalized, more people mm -hmm. wanting more content. So I think people have been looking for new ways to do things. A lot of the, the analog processes that we used to sell with and like the kind of the more old school elements of business used to rely on just evaporated so even they had to adopt and go find new ways of doing stuff so i think that's those are some of the driving elements behind it and i think you'll start to see more and more of that come through in 2021 because it's a it, it was a necessity but i think actually people not just because it's a necessity necessity but because people now understand what it means and i think businesses are much more relaxed now like businesses business has become more casual and more human because of what's happened mm -hmm. and i think part of that will en like enable businesses to be less kind of here is the message that you will use and how you will say it 
Um, mm. So I think people will be more inclined to share their thoughts and their opinions. And there's more people that they can use as a, a template or a, a kind of like, here is what this person is doing with that. Have a look at how they've done it. And people can use that as a, um, uh, like a, a fucking blueprint. <laughs> I was trying to think of the word. Can use that as a blueprint of what they should and shouldn't be doing. Spot on. Cool. Last one. Learning as a service. And I think this like feeds into what you guys are doing. So you're creating a membership platform um, where and people are pay to be part of that. And I think learning as a service, wh- whether it is something that like people are paying to be part of or you're using it as a like a brand or demand um, game as part of your marketing mix, I think learning as a service agencies and businesses will start to deliver these as services into other organizations so you can go to somebody and start saying okay i want to create this learning tools i think more and more agencies and businesses will pop up enabling that Mm -hmm. it'll be really interesting you know obviously linkedin have made big sort of jumps into that market you know with with their learning platform which seems to be i haven't used it a lot but it seems to be pretty well thought of uh google did their digital garage. Um, I've recently subscribed to Masterclass as well. And likewise, I mean, the videos on there are Did you sign up to the Tony Hawk's one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was the reason Cause, why. Because that's why I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, you know what? I've, I've got a spare membership. So um, I'm on a buy, a buy one, get one. Well, I'm thinking if, if it's still valid, then if someone leaves us a five-star review, uh, then I will give out that 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 membership. So I'll give away oh, I like that a masterclass. Uh, Should we give membership. out some swag as well? Well, we I know we to... don't have any swag, but we like I'll get some get made. Some... Yeah, yeah. If we'll if you away. are like the first five people to leave us a review, the first person will get a masterclass thing from Joe, and then the next five people will send you a T-shirt. We have to get them made first, but we will send them. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Don't you owe right. someone some crochet as well? <laughs> anyway let's move on <laughs> let's not give away uh cool so yeah i think there's some pretty decent uh predictions some good plans there for the year it'll be funny to listen back in 2022 and realize that the aliens have landed uh and only half the world's pop- no i'm joking let's not let's not go that far Fuck Joe. Uh, <laughs> too soon Jesus. why did i say that that's horrible uh anyway uh yes it'll be interesting to look back on this in january 2022 and see where the world is and see whether we were right um i enjoyed that though thanks rich it was good, yeah, fun. It was good fun nice to see you mate and happy new year happy new year take care deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.